In today's highly competitive mortgage industry, building profitable relationships with real estate agents is essential for success. However, finding effective ways to secure agent relationships can be a challenge. With so many mortgage loan originators vying for the attention of real estate agents, it can be difficult to stand out and establish meaningful connections. Our new case study featuring loan officer Chris Coghill is a must read. Chris has closed a remarkable 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals. And in this case study, he shares his proven strategies for building strong relationships with real estate agents and leveraging those relationships to drive more business. To get your hands on this resource, head over to locastudy.com and download your free copy of the case study today. You'll find actionable insights and practical tips that Chris used to close 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals and how you can too. Don't miss out. Go check it out right now. Visit locastudy.com and download your free copy today. Welcome to Mortgage Marketing Radio, brought to you by the Mortgage Marketing Institute, your number one source for truth in mortgage marketing. Hey, listeners, Jeff Zimfer. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Mortgage Marketing Radio. Have I told you how much I appreciate you? Hey, if you're a uh, loyal listener of the podcast, I just want to say thank you. I appreciate you. And if you're new, well, welcome. Uh, we have got a bunch of great episodes lined up for you. And remember, you can always go back into the podcast on the website, on iTunes, and dive into some of that content. If you're getting value from the podcast, would you do me a favor? Would you mind taking about, I don't know, 120 seconds out of your busy day and just leave us a quick little review online, iTunes, on our Facebook page, wherever you'd like to leave that review. doesn't matter. Wherever you're listening to this, if you're listening in your podcast app, maybe you can open up that up and just give us a quick shout out, a little five-star ranking. Why? Because that helps us reach more people, more mortgage professionals to make a positive impact in their life. And of course, look, if you want to get noticed, you got to be top of mind. And the more positive reviews we get, the better ranking and exposure we'll get on the interwebs. So I just want to take a moment and ask you if you're getting value. That's one way you can thank me for uh, give back to us. Secondly, real quick, this podcast episode is brought to you by none other than the Mortgage Marketing Pro Membership. What is Mortgage Marketing Pro all about? Well, hey, you can go check it out yourself at mortgagemarketing.pro. But if you are looking for that single destination, that one place, that one-stop shop that will help you get more agent referrals, grow your business, and make more money, finally, everything you need to get maximum agent referrals, build your online brand, and capture consumer direct business, Mortgage Marketing Pro is my baby, my brainchild, my labor of love that's been in the works for a number of years, actually, to be honest with you. Um, and what it'll help you do is succeed in today's market. How? By being more successful in getting leads and referrals from real estate agents, purchase loans, by implementing systems and processes that help you demonstrate your visible value with scripting and sales processes to deliver a five-star client experience, a referral partner experience, help you increase your conversion ratios, and help you uh, build a, a personal brand online. Because let's face it, the currency... Uh, you know, of trust today is your online brand and building a personal brand that demonstrates you as credible um, and authority 
and having an online presence. And I got to tell you, um, many of you listening to this right now don't have a strong online presence. What are you waiting for? Okay. Don't fall behind the times, right? Because people are Googling you, searching you. Even when you get a referral from a real estate agent, they're going to check you out and see what you look like online. Um, we can help you with that over at the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership. So if you want to get more agent referrals, increase your sales and get consumer direct business, check it out at mortgagemarketing.pro. All right. So my special guest for this week is the legendary Sam Sharp, Senior Vice President of Mortgage Lending at Guaranteed Rate. Sam is just an all-around rock star stud. We've got an incredible story about how he's reinvented himself um, more than once as a mortgage loan originator. And we just unpack, you know, just have a real honest, uh, you know, transparent conversation about his number one source of business. And, you know, Sam is um, somebody who's last month, so let's see, you're listening to this, where are we? probably listening to this in October of 2018. So I believe it was probably August of 2018, could be September. But anyway, every single month, Sam does over 50, closes over 50 transactions. I believe last month it was 59 transactions. Um, he is the only originator on his team. He does have a support team, right? A staff to support him in that volume. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about you know scaling to build a team. And But what we're really going to unpack is how um, back in 2008, Think about this, 2008, if any of you were around then, you recall, wasn't the best time in the mortgage industry in 2008, right? The meltdown was just getting underway, yet Sam still did $82 million in production in 2008. But what another thing he did was he fired a majority of agents that he worked with. Why? Because they didn't appreciate him and the value proposition that he was bringing to the table. So essentially, Sam set a goal. His goal was to meet over the course of 12 months, have a face-to-face meeting with 365 agents. And what you'll hear is Sam tells the story of about the process that he uh, put together to make that happen. When he got to number 248, he was already so busy, he had to stop. He had to turn it off because he had so much business coming in. And Sam's built up quite the strong foundation, quite their business for himself uh, in terms of transactions, volume, as you can hear. His goal, by the way, is to get to 100 purchase close loans per month. So we're going to talk about, you know, agents being a primary source of his business. How does he um, promote and market himself to agents? Guess what? He does educational events and classes. You know, that's near and dear to me. It's something we provide in the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership, turnkey done for you classes. So here's the thing, guys. Sam and I just talk about, look, there's a lot of bright, shiny objects and distractions out there. And you'll hear Sam kind of reveal his process for identifying um, where business comes from how to know where to double down on your investment of time and efforts in terms of building your business and attracting referrals. So look, Sam's on a tear, man. The guy's a rock star stud, okay? Um, Over a billion dollars in loan origination. We talk about tracking. We talk about knowing your numbers. We talk about um, you know the future with uh, digital marketing technology. What Sam's getting into in the future in terms of online platforms and so forth. But again, this is a it's a coaching session on how to build a strong referral base, largely from real estate agents. And I know you're going to like this episode. And if you do, once again, please just let us know. Give us a shout out. Remember to go check out our uh, Facebook page at Mortgage Marketing Institute and enjoy this episode with Sam Sharp. Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Happy to have you here. So, um, you know, it's funny uh, when, when we last talked listeners, this is a little inside look into how to prepare for a podcast. Um, 
So Sam and I, you and I talked a couple of weeks ago and took some notes. And one of the things that really stands out for me was what you shared about when you first, you made a decision you were going to meet with a certain amount of agents over the course of 12 months, and then something happened. I want to start there. Tell me that story again. How did you come up with that goal? Why? And then what happened as you, you know, kind of got midway through? Sure. I mean, I basically, I, I figured that I would set my sights on, you know, I mean, you have to set your goal somewhere, right? So I, I just picked a very easy number of 365 agents, given uh, the idea that that would be one a day for a full calendar year. And it didn't necessarily have to be once a day, because obviously that would be difficult given holidays and things of that nature. But um, the idea was just to set my goal as what I felt to be a, real, a realistic number and something that was attainable. And then in any combination, I could reach that goal. So if I met with 10 people in a day, that would obviously get me that much closer to the goal. But I had moved from uh, another organization I was with. I, I'm with uh, Guaranteed Rate now, and I've been there for uh, about 10 years now. And mm-hmm. I had run into some issues with another company that I was working with. Um, they were having problems getting my deal closed, basically. We were running high volume, and they just weren't cutting it. So I had to, to make the move, unfortunately. Well, fortunately now, I say, but at the time, I wasn't too happy. Um, and my my business, as a lot of people will say right now, my business right now is primarily all purchase business. It always has been. Um, this is something that I focused on from the beginning. Well, when I had moved companies, part of the issue that I ran into is that my business had been uh, tarnished a little bit because there was you know, our inability to close on some of these transactions in a timely manner, or at all for that matter, really put the strain on some existing relationships and even ruined some some other relationships, even long some longstanding relationships that I had uh, had previously established. So when I made the move over uh, to the the company I'm with now, that's where I felt the need to somewhat reinvent myself. I was motivated. I said, "Listen, I've got to get out there. I've got to rebuild. This is something that." is important as far as looking to attain the level of success that I wanted to see. So I set that, you know, basically it's an arbitrary number of 365 agents. And as I mentioned, we were talking before I got up to uh, 248 is the, is the magic number. And by the time I reached my, my 248th meeting, I, I had no more capacity at that point in time. It had, it worked surprise, surprise. Um, mm-hmm. It's so funny. A lot of times people think there's some secret out there, but really it's all about, uh, putting it out there and hard work, um, and it worked and generated a, a substantial amount of business to where I had to kind of batten down the hatchet to, to make sure that we were prepared to handle that type of influx. So when you decided to do that, make that sh- that pivot, you know, you switched companies, went to uh, G-Rate, uh, where you're at now, this is about 10 years ago. If I'm correct, weren't you um, at that level already, like uh, over 50 million, like closer to 80 million? Oh, yeah. Uh, when I had left, um, when I had left my company, I, I went to guaranteed rate in 2009, June of 2009. When I went to guaranteed rate, I had uh, 70, it was 70, oh, my memory, it was 72 or $79 million in purchase business already closed that year. It was, it was not even halfway through the year. We were, I had relationships being destroyed and I was still establishing a fair amount. And keep in mind, 2008, that's the year that a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, got out of the business because it was very difficult. I, I did over $80 million in purchase business in 2008. It was one of my better years and led to that momentum that even though it was it was being limited from the company's performance that I was with at the time, um, there was still that momentum. So yeah, I mean, I was, I was 
accustomed to doing a lot of business. I just, um, you know, when I, when I started a guaranteed rate was summer of, of 2009. And after my first month there, I was looking at the, the leaderboard, so to speak. And we had guys there that were closing 90, 96, a hundred units a month. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, uh, you know, it just, my, uh, <laughs> my mouth watered a little bit, the uh, competitive appetite kicked up and said, cool, I, I, I see what I have to do here. So that, that was my motivation. So how many years had you been originating uh, by the time you got to that point where you shifted over to a guaranteed rate? What year did you start? Well, let's see. So I've been about 10. That was, uh, started in going into the end uh, of 2001, going to 2002. So I'd been uh, originating for seven years or so, six, seven years, seven years. Is that right? Oh boy. You know, I'm no, I'm no good with numbers. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. That's why we have software. Um, Right. <laughs> well, what, what I'm what I'm trying to kind of unpack here for the listeners is that you know we, you did. I mean, you were uh, on pace already to do you know 80 million roughly, let's say, um, in 2008. Yeah, a tough year, very tough year. Um, well, what stands out for me about that is it would seem to me that a, a lot of loan officers, when they get to a certain level of success, or maybe they reach a certain amount of fatigue and working with agents or whatnot, right? They're looking for that alternate thing. And what you decided to do was say, no, no, I'm going to go double down and meet 365 agents in 12 months. I'm, I'm curious why you went that route. I mean, what do you recognize about that as a channel, you know, in terms of a source of purchase business? And I don't know if you'd feel differently about that today, if you had to do it differently, but I know there's a lot of info, a lot, a lot of stuff in that question, but if you want to try and answer that. And there's definitely a couple different uh, elements to that. And, you know, the number one thing I think that I look at, and, and I would feel exactly the same way about it today as, uh, as I did then, and it's that, you know, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. This is a, a situation where so many people are looking for the, the quick fix, the secret to, you know, generating tons of business and how do I do this? But I mean, the, this industry has, you know, before me, during me, and, and long after my, you know, what I do in this industry, there's so many people that will follow the same steps that we've taken to generate business. And that's those relationships. Real estate agents tend to interact with a lot more buyers than, you know, than we do as loan officers. So I, I just knew there was no need to, to try and break the mold. I had to move quick. And because I did, I did see things starting to decline and I had to, I, I did have this pressure to where I wanted to move quickly. So for me, it was a matter of, okay, well, what can, where am I at now? What do I know works and how do I, how do I push that? And I knew that those agent meetings would yield results and that they would also motivate me because I think that the one, you know, a body in motion stays in motion, those wonderful little cliches you throw out there. I was motivated. I was out there. You know, you get dressed up, you go out, you have the meeting, you have a good meeting, you're, you're, you're amped, you're ready. You can make that next sales call that much better. You're in a, in a better position. And by continuing that forward momentum on a daily basis, it just makes things grow. And that's something that I've always seen in my career. And honestly, I'm doing that right now. I'm, I'm right. I've, I just started, um, you and I talked a little bit about this, not to go on a tangent or nothing, but you know, I, I went from that many agents to several years ago, firing almost all of my agents and working with about eight of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and right now I'm in a position where I'm actually ramping up and doing the exact, well, a different model, but basically the same thing. I'm starting a tremendous amount of interaction with new agents and 
other existing agents in the field and looking to go through because something that I saw, and this is, this would be another facet to the kind of another Mm -hmm. uh, variable behind the initial question. And that's something that I saw then that I expect to see coming up in the very uh, not so distant future was that there were a lot of people struggling in our industry and they were getting out of the business, Mm -hmm. but the lending industry, the trillion dollar industry, you know, we do, there are, my, my company alone does $22 billion and we're just one player in this big, you know, this industry. When you think about, about what's out there and, and to set your sights on what's attainable, I mean, it's, it's really, it's not that difficult. If you want to say, I want to do, I want to do $500 million in business, you're not even scratching the surface on the amount of business that's out there, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when people get out of the business, yeah, there's a decline, but you're still talking about this so much business that those agents now, now they need someone. It's already, it's already starting. So like I said, that's starting to happen now. I'm starting to run into the agents who are, like, who are coming around and saying, hey, you know what? I'd like to talk to you about working together. I know you're, you're good at what you do. Um, we had a great transaction or whatnot, but you know, my guy got out of the business. There's already people exiting. And that's what I saw back in 2008, 2009, when I was going to 2009, I said, you know what? People are getting out of the business. I know that I, I know how to, to do this and I know that I can be good at this. And if I can just get myself in front of more people that are still doing the business, then I know we'll see that increase. So that was, that was my really the, one of the biggest driving factors. Yeah. Like Warren Buffett said, when there's blood in the streets, that's the time to invest. <laughs> Um, and I, I, yeah, I believe that as well as that, uh, much like we saw back in 2008 and nine, you know, everybody makes it into the old joke. They'll go back to selling cars or working at Cinnabon or whatever. But, um, I mean, it's true. Um, there's going to be a void and people are going to be looking for, right. Those, the, the solid, uh, reputable, professional, knowledgeable, uh, mortgage loan professional, but you have to also not be a secret agent. Like, you know, we tell real estate agents, you've got to be out there. People have to know you exist. So I'd like to maybe unpack that a little bit further on the agent topic for a moment and talk about how you are getting in front of agents. What do you do to do that? Are you making cold calls or what does that look like? Um, you know, anything works for me. I'm fortunate to where I do have a, a big book of business. So I've got a lot of closing every month and you know, we average even right now, things are down in the industry, but I'm still, you know, averaging 55 to 60 closings a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and I capitalize, I mean, why cold call when you got a warm lead right in front of you? When you, if you do your job from start to finish on that transaction, you should have uh, several individuals involved on that transaction that are going to be open to speaking. Um, so I'll go through and I like to follow up with all my closed transactions and chances are you may have a real, maybe that came from a real estate agent or you already had an established relationship there. So that's great. You've proved your worth there, but now there should be someone else on the transaction that you've maybe, maybe you've worked before, but you've never actually approached for business. So I start there and I reach out to them and say, listen, you know, I like to, I think that having a successfully closed transaction is a great way to start a, you know, a relationship. Relationships are, you know, not, not, they're based out of transactions. That's how we, that's we, how we make relationships. So I'll talk to the agent very directly and just reach out and say, listen, we closed on 111 Laughlin Street last week. It went really well. I think we could work well together. And I'd like to talk to you to see if there's an opportunity to see how our businesses might interact, mm-hmm. um, which technically is a cold call. But at the same time, I've got a reason for calling them and they know who I am. So it works out really well. Mm-hmm. The uh, Now for us, 
my biggest competitor in my marketplace has been my company where we do a lot of business. We got a lot of guys, a lot of great guys out there uh, mm-hmm. doing a lot of business. So when I run into someone and like, well, I work with someone from your company, then for me, I always say, great. I'm glad to hear you're well represented, you know, represented good luck. And, uh, you know, if anything changes, you have my contact information, you know, good luck out there. And, you know, so I res- I'm respectful of my colleagues and I even have some colleagues at other companies that they'll tell me they're working with and I, and I kind of back off. They're, they're friends. You know what I mean? We're, we're competitive, but this is a job, you know, we're people too. So I have no problem putting that, I guess, human element in front of it, which is probably one of my downfalls. <laughs> but uh, at well, the same that- time, uh, you know, you run into those people and, and they tell you, no, I got a guy and you t- tell them, you know, I, I, I would not doubt that you have a person and hope you have someone who you like very much. But honestly, most people that I've worked with in the past had someone they liked working with as well, but they didn't see maybe some of the other things that are out there that they may like even more that can help their business increase, you know, and start to talk to them, try to appeal to them on a level of, you know, I'm looking here for a partnership. I'm not looking to help you grow your business. I'm looking to figure out how we can work together and we can both make more money. Like that's, you know, very direct approach. Right. So that's obviously a call to the listing agent. sounds like correct on the transaction cross selling basically. Listing or sometimes the buyer's agent. Sometimes I've got a lot of business that comes from past clients and they're working with different agents. So it Mm. can be whoever, whoever I have not interacted with. If there's a buyer, I'll, I'll look at the buyer and and the listing agent and the buyer's agent. Um, and if I haven't worked with either of them, then that's a call I'm going to make. Do you do any, um, is, is there any evaluation you make of that agent um, during the transaction? You know, I, I think we're, what I've discovered is, any, you know, you're smart. Any smart loan officer is making an assessment of who do I want to work with and partner with. Like you said, you fired, right? you know, the bottom feeders. Um, are, so are you, are you somehow making an assessment on should I even go for that relationship before you make that call? Or, or what does that process look like? So this is a great do as I say, not as I do moment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So unfortunately right now, no, man, I just go for it. I get, I have the list put into my calendar every, I have an assistant who puts it in every Tuesday and I just, I just call, I just pick up and dial. It it takes me back to my, my days of cold calling when I first got in the industry where you dial two phones at once and hang (laughs) up, you know, on whichever one didn't answer. And I just go at it. Now, what I will tell you is that when I, when I establish that rapport with them and I find out who is credible, like who wants to meet and now we need to put more time into it, then I, then I do a little digging and say, okay, let me see what type of business they're doing. If if they're only closing a few transactions, I've got someone on my team I have to meet with who sells us and gets in front of them. Um, And for me, that's, that's, that's how my business works. I think for a lot of people out there though, I mean, you can get, I'm closing a lot of business. You know, I mean, I closed a, a tremendous amount of business in, in right. the industry. I'm, I'm doing a lot more than most people. And right. I have the time to pick up the phone. It takes me, it takes you less than an hour. So yeah, if you divvy it up that way, you can do it. Now, I think people should make more of a informed decision on who they try to go after in the industry. Honestly, I think that you should do your research. You should know who you're working with. You should also understand how their business works. If you're going after a listing agent and all they do are listings and they don't even work with buyers, you're going to fall flat on your face when you try to talk to them about the great programs you can do to help their buyers secure better financing. Mm. So I think that for most people, it's a better idea to do some research so that you know what you're fighting with and what type of war you're fighting there or the battle anyway. Um, But for me, I'm really good at just calling someone up and, and basically saying what I just told you, like just calling them up and be like, let's talk about working together. 
then from there, I do my research. Well, speaking of listing agents, let's let's uh, hang out there for a moment. Um, when you recognize that somebody is a, a listing agent per se, right? Um, do you have what is your approach? Do you do you still go after them and like you said in a different way? Um, yes, absolutely. Because you have to think about it from a certain perspective. So, I, I do I do like going after teams right now. I like following up, and a lot of times you've got your team lead who's going to be primarily focusing on their listings, and then you've got their the, you know they'll have their buyers agent things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, when I go through and I talk to someone about their listings, then I pull out whatever type of resources I have available um, to help them try to capture more business. For their, you know, for their listings, how do how do they capitalize on that business so that maybe they're generating buyers leads for their for their team and things of that nature? So, I will talk to a listing agent based on what we're looking at, and they'll, and they'll you know, the wonderful thing I find is that most people will tell you what you need to ask them. You know, you can tell by their tone of voice, their answers to the questions, what you're going to need to, how you're going to assess this. But when I talk to someone who just wants to do listings and that's all they do, again, like I said, if they're on a team, then I'll talk to them about using our open house app to try and capture more leads so that we can get that to their team. So they're feeding their buyer's agents and capitalizing on those transactions. I talk to them about better incorporating automation into their CRMs and you know, making sure they're using a CRM and, and trying to talk to them about resources that I've used, that, that I've used and, and used currently that are helping me maintain a high volume business without sacrificing that quality. So I just, I, I take the listing agent on their expertise and try to show them exactly what I think is going to help them and, you know, find, help me find like-minded individuals where they can find a benefit from my services. I mean, if I just try to call them and tell them I can close loans for them and I've got great rates and that's not really going anywhere. So, yeah. Well, if you do get that meeting, that first meeting is really just all about discovery, right? And just, it's not about, let yep. me tell you how great it, Yeah. It's like, it, 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 it's like I, the old metaphor I use is find the pain. You're the doctor where does it hurt and, and find out, can you help heal that pain? Right. you got it. Yeah. What else are you doing differently in, in this market to build your business? I, I want to make sure I'm not missing that. I mean, clearly you're doubling down on agents and, and what I love about that is, is you've seen this as well, I think, and we kind of alluded to this briefly, but you know, the bright shiny object syndrome, I'm just, I'm seeing so many loan officers and, and, and I think a lot of the loan officers I'm seeing um, weren't in the business back you know, when it was tough, 2008, nine, all that and the meltdown. Um, and a lot of people are distracted by the lure of air quotes, easy business with, you know, Facebook, et cetera, <laughs> and all that kind of jazz. And I'm just curious, right? Like you said, you're doing a hell of a lot of business. I mean, 55 transactions, you know, in a month. Um, I mean, you're just rocking it, you know? I'd be curious to hear what you're, what you're looking at in the future here as, as another pillar of your business and what advice you might have for anybody who's, you know, wanting to leave the realtor behind? I think the best thing that we, and what we all need to be doing is we have to focus on tracking our business and where it comes from. I think that if you were to put it, you know, most people's business under a microscope and ask them to do the same, a lot of people, especially even a lot of top producers don't know how they do what they do. Mm -hmm. They don't understand what it is that leads to a better conversion rate for them. They don't understand as much of where their business comes from. It's kind of like I said, I'm, I'm calling on Tuesday. I'm just calling all these agents. That's swinging blindly. It's not the best way to do it. Now, I do track what comes out of those relationships. And right now, my focus has been on tracking where is my business coming from. This way, when you have marketing expenses and business relationships, marketing, you know, Zillow, whatever you're doing with other people, you have a, a great way of understanding what works and what doesn't work. I think that by tracking 
what works, and more importantly, what does not work. And by that, I mean maybe something that some actions that you're using that are costing you time but not generating any business. If you're able to understand that, then you're able to eliminate those actions that are not yielding results and double down, to use your term, mm-hmm. on those that are. So you're able to figure out how to better utilize your time so that in that time frame you can generate more business. Now, for me, that's a game changer because there's a lot of things we think will yield results. As I go through and I move through the next quarter and I'm tracking my calls on Tuesday, if I find I'm not getting any meetings out of it or it's not going anywhere, guess what? I'm not doing anymore. Um, you know, but then if I find out that every Friday night I was hanging out at the local pub for some reason and I just magically seem to generate a loan every time I go in there, probably gonna probably gonna go have another drink. Yeah. I mean that's just the way it goes. Right. You've got to understand what where your business is coming from. And that's one of the best, I think, pieces of pieces of advice I wish someone would have shared with me when I first got into the industry because it wasn't something that I focused on and it was a missed opportunity. Outside of that, you know, as you, as I already told you, I'm doubling down on the agents. I'm working to, to get myself in front of those referral partners. I'm working to tighten up my understanding of where my business is coming from. I'm very big on educational events. Mm-hmm. So I like to get in front of agents and talk to them about the updates and what's going on. You know, go through and, and get out there and get in front of people. And you can do this. There's so many resources available right now through social media and through, uh, you know, going through and looking at like video outlets and platforms out there where you have uh, an audience available if you can find them where you can get that message out. If you can start to look to give without asking, then you'll find yourself in a position where I think you'll start to see more benefits. So I go out and I, and I go to real estate agent offices and I teach courses on, you know, popular financing types, understanding, you know, I'll bring out an appraiser, let them talk to them about what's going on or an inspector. Um, and I'll set up these events because essentially what I'm doing is I'm establishing myself as an expert in the eyes of these agents. And a lot of these agents can be newer agents or even some of them are more seasoned, but either way I'm getting exposure to them. They're starting to keep, I'm, I'm staying top of mind. So um, we're, we're, you know, we're in a sales industry. The more you stay type of top of mind, stay in front of people and show them value, the better you're going to uh, better results you're going to see as far as getting those referrals. Where are you typically doing those classes in the agent's office, your office, uh, Neutral locations, all of the above? All of the above. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the agent's office. If they'll let me in, that's great because for me, what I like is I like to show up a little early. I like to hang out, maybe just do my business. Um, and keep in mind, when I'm doing these trainings, these, these trainings and these educational events, I don't go in and tell people why I'm great and why guaranteed rate is the place and all this. I talk to them about the topic mm-hmm. and I talk to them. And if they want more information, they don't, then you know, here's how you reach me. It's not about you know, trying to make it like it's like a timeshare where, you know, you can have a free night stay, but you got to waste the whole day talking to me. Right. Um, you know, you offer them this without, that's what I mean by giving without asking. Um, you'll do that. But what I really like is if you get into their office, inevitably, the a lot of the larger producers, if they weren't part of this, they may be there or someone on their team may be there and they're not part of that training. Maybe they're in a different part of the office. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of better chance of interacting with them in that case. So I like to go into their office so that if I see those people and they're not part of it, I'm just going to go up and ask them why. Hey, I know she didn't come in and, uh, you know, you just don't, you know, whatever, whatever the event topic is, maybe we're talking about condo, the new changes in condo guidelines. I'll be like, mm-hmm. Hey, I know she didn't come on in. I'm sure you're just busy, but, 
me, are you interested in anything that has to do with, you know, the condo guideline changes and how that might actually help you close some more deals? So I'm giving them a personal approach. So if you can get in their offices, do it. If you can't get in their offices, get a venue, get neutral. I like neutral ground. I like a venue where you can find somewhere where you can uh, get people in from different offices, you know, bigger audience that way. Especially. Yeah. So. Exactly. Um, what would you say if you can attribute like a the source of your business, right. As a, as a source for you, your ability to quickly get in front of agents doing the educational events versus other approaches. How does that rank? Well, they're looking for something of value and I'm helping to educate them instead of just trying to ask them for business. So when I get out there and I approach it as this is a way that I'm going to help them find more business. I'll say, look, this is where we're at. This is what's going on. Um, This is what's going on in our industry and this is how it affects you that tends to get a better turnout. People are like, okay, great. So for example, I'll do one, uh, it's a step-by-step guide on how to convert renters into buyers. Mm-hmm. People like that. They like the step-by-step portion. They think, oh, he's going to tell me exactly how to do this. You know, like just a, a way to get in front of them and, and show them that there's some value. What What's your post post uh, event follow-up look like? Uh, I mean, I'm, this is a, definitely a, it's a, it's a, in my wheelhouse to leverage events. So I'm curious uh, if you if you approach that in a formal way, you know, to to capitalize on that, the the people you've been in front of. I'm glad you asked that because that is the most important aspect. <laughs> I mean, yes, I, I mean, I should say the important aspect is being viewed as an expert, but the opportunity lies within that follow up. Mm-hmm. So I capture everyone's information when they come in. I take it down to my phone. I use my open house capture app, the one that I use for that I tell agents to use, so that I can just make sure that I have everything. And I just go around and walk around the room before we get started. I take everyone's information. Hey, give me your, give me your, let me take down your name and number. I'm keeping a head count. You know, don't worry. I won't spam you any more than you want me to. Um, but you know, I want to, I want to get your info. And then from there, follow up phone calls. So I think that, and I try to, I always try to have a, so the initial step, I try to have a takeaway from the meeting something that I'm going to send them like, Hey, you know, this is something I use. This is helpful for my business. And I think this is something that could help you. That's relevant to to today's topic. I took all your information down in the beginning. I'm going to send you that information so that you have something. Now what I'm doing, I'm staying top of mind the next day or two days later, when I send that information out, I'm showing them like, Hey, I'm still here. Um, and I send it out. And then after I send that out, then I start calling and I call the people and say, Hey, I want to thank you for coming in wanted to touch base and see if there might be an opportunity for us to talk further about how our business, our business might interact, you know, and, and then I just feel them out. Oh, thanks, Sam. I appreciate it. But I've got a guy that works at your company. Okay, cool. And I just go through and systematically check them off the list. I make a list of these people have guaranteed rate people. These people do not. And I'm not going to lie. I'll keep my list of people who say they work with guaranteed rate people. And I'll circle back with them six months later. Say, Hey, we talked. I know you were working with such and such. Are you guys still, are you still going through? Are you guys still working together a lot? You know, and find out where they're at. So I'm not trying to, I'm never trying to poach business from my coworkers, but you never know when a deal went sour and now that person's going to another company. You know, you don't want that. You want them to stay with, you want to show them like, Hey, look, this is a, this is a way that we can try to build. So. Yeah. How much do you press for the appointment when um, they tell you, yeah, I'm already working with somebody, but it's not at your company. It's at a competitor full court. <laughs> That's the idea. That's someone who just told you I've got, I'm the kind of person who likes to refer business to someone and I've got someone. Um, they just told me that they're the kind of person I want to get in front of. So I'm, I'm going to absolutely say, listen, I, you know, I understand and I'd, I'd love to, I'm not looking to necessarily replace your, your, 
relationship with them. Although let's be honest, that is my goal. Like, but at the same time, I'm just looking to see if maybe there's uh, a way that if, you know, you've got a guy and he works in another company, well, let's talk about how I can be your guy at my company because we have resources and some options that are available that other companies may not offer that you may help you save that deal. So let's, let's maybe, if you know, if you've got just a little bit of time, let's get together and talk about that. How many educational? Yeah, no, I love that. So for those listening, right. Just because, I mean, no is just the first step, right? How many, how many no's does it usually take to get to a yes? Like, come on people, this is sales. Um, how many of those educational events do you do in a month on average? Uh, educational deals. I do. I, as far as educational uh, uh, seminars, I try to have one to one a week. One a week. I have. I'll tell you this. I started. I started back in June, and I had one a week every week up until up until now in September. And I finished my first uh, the first week of September. I finished off my last one, and then I took the rest of this month off. And now I'm starting over again in October with uh, the the series because. I have the, I, I'm, I'm lucky. I have carte blanche at several large real estate offices in Chicago. So I'm able to go in and, and do a round robin of topics amongst these offices. I don't even, uh, I don't even have to worry about like, you know, who am I going to talk to and who am I going to invite? They invite people, they get them out. And, uh, and it keeps me top of mind with those agents. So I'm, I'm farming a certain area oh, I love that. right now. I love that you said yep. you're farming a certain area because and think about that in the concept of realtors farming geo, you're doing the same thing. Um, we're all doing the same thing. We're all in the same business, real estate <laughs> agents and lenders. All, you know, yeah. all in sales. But but what, the thing I love about the the, the classes, um, if you will, that's what I'll call them. You call them workshops, whatever. Same thing. You're getting in front of groups of people. Is um, you know we all know that uh, getting you know re- realtor relationships is a numbers game, and you've got to right. You've, you need the law of large numbers in your favor. And you, similar to me, back when I first got started, you know my my first year was terrible. But then all of a sudden I started getting in front of groups, and I just multiplied my results because, as you said earlier, the name of the game is getting in front of people. Um, and if the more people you get in front of, then the more at bats you'll have, the more you'll win. So it sounds like for you, if I'm correct, then for you building your, your brand, your presence in your area, those workshops, those events, uh, that's like top of the funnel stuff, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's where you're getting in front of them initially to, to get them to see how you can generate better. And one thing I'll, I'll point out when I, as I going back on the tracking aspect of it. So now I'm going out and I've got a really large, uh, I cast a pretty wide net, so to speak, for the people that I'm looking to approach for business. Um, out of that, now I'm looking to determine how many of those people am I going to spend time with? Got to figure out like every if one of these agents is only doing a deal a year and they have no interest in doing more than that, then they're not someone who I'm going to spend an hour you know a week with. They're not someone who I'm going to spend a lot of time with from that aspect so you know going through i'll figure out who's doing the business i'll also then measure that metric based on what their motivation is and one thing that i always tell people um, that i work with and whatnot is that a good referral source you'll generally start to see referrals from immediately um Mm. if you're farming a group of agents and it's been 30 days and you haven't gotten anything from them they're not going to be the best use of your time now, if you have the time, you can put them on automated drip campaigns, certain things, keep them coming to your events, things of that nature. But I find that the agents that are going to produce and do, a, 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 you know, be that are worth the time and want to work, um, they generally, they usually yield results within 24 to 48 hours. Like you, you, 
you know, when you've connected someone, when they say, Hey, my brother's looking to buy, here you go. Mm -hmm. Um, or I've had this client, he's been looking for three months. We just, I don't know that I like his lender, things of that nature. So you start to look at what your agents, if they're treating it as a partnership or if they're just looking for a handout, because a lot of times you run into this and say, Oh, I want to buy leads on Zillow. Will you pay for it? Mm -hmm. And, and by the way, I know, I think you and I talked about that before your answer to that. If you get that pitch, I'd be curious to, to hear how often you do from agents who come out saying, yeah, well, I'd love a, you know, Hey, my current lender spends X on Zillow. I mean, do you deal with that a lot? I do. I hear people all the time talk about it. I'll, I'll let them know. I'll, it'll, I'll gauge it on the agent. The agent's doing a lot of business and they say, well, I've got lenders who sponsor me on Zillow. I'd say, I, I, I greet them all with the same thing. Absolutely. That's a great idea. Let's talk a little bit about that. So how much are you spending on Zillow right now? Okay. How many leads did you generate from that? You know, since you last signed up and how do those, do you know how many you actually converted to sales? And then they're like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. They don't know. They have no idea. You know, they can tell you like, Oh, I closed five deals last year or whatever, but they're not going to be able to tell you their actual conversion rate. Mm -hmm. So I'll press them and say, look, you know, in order to spend money like this, I'm, I'm absolutely up for a joint business venture. I think we're in this together, but I need to understand more from a realistic perspective what we get and, and how that business relationship is going to work. And then I'll go on and I'll explain to them how I'm compensated because the, the truth is a lot of agents don't realize that we don't get paid the same way they do. They think that you're you're making 2.5% every deal and then you're, you're a percentage of it. So I'll explain to them, say, look, I, this is what I make. This is where I'm at. You want me to give you this much money? Well, let's look at it. You closed 10 deals last year. You want me to give you X amount. That means I would have to close 13 of your transactions just to break even. You only closed 10. Not only are we counting on your business increasing, but you're counting on me getting 100% of that business. That doesn't seem very realistic. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so, and if they press it and say, yeah, but my agent, my loan officer is paying for it. And I say, well, I think that's great. I think you guys should continue that relationship. And, you know, this is not a good fit. So, if you change your mind and you decide that you want to focus on actually increasing and doing more business, then we should talk. Otherwise, good luck. I hope everything works out. Hmm. So you're trying to pivot and, and not have the relationship be predicated upon that, but, but, but on the value you bring to the table. Yeah. If you monetize a relationship, then it's only going to last as long as, you know, until someone else steps up with a bigger checkbook. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And that's going to be a problem. That's where you're throwing money away. I used to think that was a great way of doing business. It is not. No, I know because then they just look at you as a, you know, a slot machine and spitting out money to help them cover their lead costs and they don't see the value that you provide. Right. And you also, you have to keep in mind, maybe you, and you know, taking it further, maybe you close some deals with them. Maybe you're spending some money, you're closing deals, but how much time and frustration are they, are they causing in your business? I, uh, even though I'm ramping up my business now, I started before I, I just did this over the course of the last few weeks. Um, I, I fired a few of my long-term agents. I got rid of them. I was like, you know what? And, and actually, I, I took the genius approach. I asked my wife. I said, listen, <laughs> who do you hear me? Who do you hear me complain about the most? Like, who do you, what yeah. names come to mind when you think about people I work with that I'm not happy with? She gave me a couple of names. I agreed and I cut them immediately and said, listen, I don't think that we're, you know, our partnership is really in a, in a position where we feel, I don't think it's mutually beneficial at this point. And I'm always happy to help if you have clients that want to work together. But for now, um, you know, because we have marketing spend, I'm like, for now, I'm going to, I'm going to withdraw on this. So oh, I, I want to tell you because I, mm -hmm. no, I want to be upfront so that you can look for another partner if you're looking for someone to invest, but otherwise I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to bow out. You, you okay. mentioned marketing spend, uh, are the ones that you're just, you're talking about there typically where there is some marketing spend, those are who you're letting go. 
yeah, we co-host like client appreciation parties or anything of that nature. Just anything where they're going to expect me to try and at least share the cost with them. Farming a neighborhood, just listed, just sold cars, any of that things. I just, I let them, to be honest. So I let them know up front because even though they're poisoning the well, I don't want to, they can poison the well all they want. If I'm not giving them that power, but then they tell me they have a client that they need me to save the deal on, I still want to be that guy because I have no problem pushing that on, like going through talking to the client, getting the deal done and closing it, catching the commission. The frustration from these agents comes from their lack of respect and appreciation for what we do. I eliminate that by telling them, I'm not giving you anything. If you want to give me something, I'll help. Because then I don't really even, maybe they can't reach me. Maybe they keep catching my assistant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's an approach. There's an approach to not burning bridges, but also not, again, farming relationships that are just going to poison the well. They're going to get in the way of the other relationships and put you in a negative headspace. Right, right, exactly. Okay, speaking of your assistant, let's transition uh, briefly to kind of your business structure because uh, you mentioned uh, you're, you were closing, I think, 55 transactions in 30 days was the number. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, okay. This month, I think we'll close 59. 59. Yeah, that's a hell of a lot of transactions. And so obviously, when people hear about that, I know you've gotten this question before. People are curious, you know, hey, well, you know, we got uh, juniors on his team. How's he originating all that? But even more importantly, um, the structure in the process, because I know looking at my notes from our last conversation, you want to grow to 100 purchase transactions monthly, is it? Yeah, I plan on closing, uh, going going through right now with uh, what I'm fostering, building and farming. I'm looking to uh, close a minimum of 1,200 purchase transactions a year. Okay. So then the question becomes, how the heck do you do that without going insane? <laughs> Efficiency and timing. Um, it's understanding certain efficiencies and automations that we can use. So in the past, it, I, and I'll, I'll tell you, I don't have a junior and I never have. Um, I'm not saying that I'm never going to, but right now that's not my plan. Mm-hmm. I've got enough, I've got a good plan and a well, a, a very efficient scripted approach that I use that helps me convert. Um, I, I have a high conversion rate there. I can tell you right now, I close a lot of business. I know a lot of loan officers who get twice as many referrals as I do. And I still close more business than them um, because I have a high conversion rate. Um, Why do you, you know, think I, you're so I, good at converting? Because I pay attention to what works. I've scripted my approach. I pay attention when certain things get a certain reaction. Um, and I've dialed that in from the three-step process that I look at, which is my initial introduction slash get someone to get my pre-approval in place, the follow-up on the pre-approval, and then the follow-up once they're under contract. And I've set that up to a certain, I use the same, I hate to say it, but in certain cases, I use the same jokes. I use the same approach the same questions i know how to control and direct that conversation so that i can convert effectively the client gets everything they need from the relationship and they don't generally don't go looking elsewhere and if they do they still feel a connection so because of that high conversion rate um for me it's a numbers game of just increasing then the amount of business that comes through and i'm i've mapped it out from an efficiency standpoint where i can actually maintain enough calls to grow to the that marker a hundred a month is a marker after that. I don't know that I can really, I don't think I can have that many conversations in a, in a, in a day it just doesn't work that well. Um, Let me interrupt for a second. Then I'm kind of curious how many, as you know, your numbers clearly, and that's again, the hallmark of the top producer people listening. Um, <laughs> any sense of how many conversations with prospective borrowers you need to have to get to, let's just say 50 units a month. 50 units a month, you need to be having an average of eight conversations a day based off my con- my conversion rate currently. 
Right. And, um, and, and results may vary based on your success rate, but eight conversations a day. Yeah. I mean, some LLs are lucky to have eight conversations every two weeks. Keep in mind, too, that eight conversations doesn't have to be eight new clients. Everyone's at a different stage, but it should be eight different people. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I'm, I'm pushing right now to grow that to 20. I've made my mapped out my timing to where I'm looking to have a fit, 20 efficient conversations on a daily basis, five days a week. Um, and I can, I can spread it out a little bit to where maybe I get a few in extra here or there. Maybe I use a Saturday or Sunday, although I'm trying not to ever work Saturdays and Sundays and, uh, mm-hmm. and go through because for me, I feel like I'm overshooting what it would take from, from what I've tracked for what I would need to hit the goal that I want. I want to shoot higher. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's all about the structure of the team that I have. So <clears throat> I don't have juniors, but I've got a large team. I've got 13 people. It's tremendously large. It's, it's a big group of people mm-hmm. who support everything I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of them handle the sales, but they handle everything else. So so you know, like, I know guys though, I know guys who have closed more business than me with, with less than half the people I have. So it depends on you, your personal approach and your efficiency. Well, yeah, I think that the big takeaway is number one, um, in order to grow, you need a team period, right? Yep. Okay. So whether you're at, you, you, yeah, whether you're wanting to go from, <clears throat> you know, five loans a month to 10, whatever it is, um, you're going to need a team to support you. So for those listening, you know, you hear, uh, somebody like Sam, who's doing 59 transactions, right? The, the, don't judge. I, the thing I want to be cautious of is people hear this and it sounds like so far out there, like, Oh my God, I mean, geez, 13 people on his team. Like that's way out of my league, you know? Right. <laughs> it's not where you started. Look though. at technology. Look at technology though. You don't even need a team to reach, to increase your business. If you're, if you're spending all your time focusing on certain efforts, start to look towards things you may be able to automate and delegate, you know, if you can't delegate, automate what you can and find ways to personalize those automations so you don't suffer for quality. Um, and a lot of people don't realize you can automate yourself. I automate, I, I use the same, you know, I, I've said it earlier and I say it again, I use scripts. I don't write them out. They're memorized. But, and they were memorized because I was talking to so many people. I just started saying the same thing over because it worked. You right. find what works and you repeat it. Um, and I automate myself by saying those same scripts every time I go through and talk with the client. And what I mean by that is that I don't have to think about what I'm going to say. I don't have to think about what I'm going to do when I get off that call. I don't have to think about the follow-up. I already have it mapped out. I know how everything's going to go. We only have so much time to think in a day before we're burnt out. If you automate yourself, you use those same scripts, you're going to get sick of saying them, but at the same time, your actual brain power and what you need to think about can be then focused on other tasks, which is generating more business. What's your number one objective when you're on that initial call with a a borrower, prospective borrower, and you're using your script? Um, What are you really trying to accomplish? Because you've obviously tested the language and you've listened and reacted and and adjusted, but what's the ultimate objective? with that first conversation to complete the pre-approval. I use an online application for all my pre-approvals and my sole objective is to complete that pre-approval is, and it's to gain an understanding through that. It's basically, cause there's, there's three steps for me. It's, it's complete the pre-approval, go over the pre-approval and options and convert that contract when it comes in. So my number one goal for the initial call or when that's set up is to get someone to agree uh, to give me their information. And I'm, I'm, and they do, they always, I can tell you, I have a, I right now I'm running 99% on my, on my scheduled calls for people who want to get pre-approved. 99% of them complete my online application. 
How long is that conversation generally? Between eight to 10 minutes. It's interesting. Um, how are you establishing trust then and differentiation? One thing to keep in mind, if these clients are referred to me from a past client or an agent referral, there's already a certain level of trust mm-hmm. that's coming into it because you were, you were referred the business from someone else. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's not. Start any conversation by developing some rapport. You've got to, you know, and people will tell you what you want to hear when you call them and they pick up the phone and they go, hello? Like, what did they just tell you? They don't have time to talk. So you don't have 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Or, oh yeah, man, I just put my baby down. Um, I got an hour and a half. I'm good. That person, not only are they relaxed, but they have time. I have a baby. I'm going to talk to him about the baby real quick. You know what I mean? Like they're telling you what to say. So you just got to listen, listen to the, from, listen from hello and control by how you say hello. And you go through and you set the tone of the conversation to lead someone conversationally through your script. The important part about people don't like to use scripts because they don't want to sound like they're reading from something mm-hmm. and you shouldn't, it should be a conversational manner. So I go through and I talk to people in initial conversation. I work and, and I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm pretty good at, at making people feel comfortable within a few minutes. Um, and but I control the conversation by talking to them. At the end of the day, they came to you for a reason. They came to you to get pre-approved, mm-hmm. right? That's why they're calling you. They didn't call you to have a new best friend. They didn't call you to talk about last night's game. If they did, that's okay. Start that conversation, but direct it because otherwise that person's keeping you on the phone for a half hour and you may not get that deal and you just wasted your efficiencies. Your timing is more important than that. So you got to show them that, but respectfully. You talk to them and yeah, great. No problem. Yeah, the game was good. I know. You and I talked when we started started this podcast. How about the Bears versus the Patriots? Right. Bears are doing better than Patriots. Not you're not gonna say that ever again. Um, <laughs> or often, whatever. I mean, you laugh, I laugh, and I say, listen, so not to state the obvious, but it looks like you're thinking about buying a home in the not too distant future. Yeah. I say that every single time. Mm. And every person tells me what I want to hear. Yeah, you know, I'm moving, we're doing this, and I'll talk. I say, Great. Have you ever been through the pre-approval process? So what I'm doing is I'm directing them towards our, I, I'm controlling them towards my directive. Yeah. I'm doing it conversationally and I'm giving them what they want. By the end of that, they feel so well informed that that trust is there. And I think that's why my conversion rate on getting that pre-approval is so high. Mm-hmm. No, that's a great point. You have to be in charge of the conversation. 100%. Why? That's what they're calling you for. You're the expert. You're the one who's supposed to tell them what they need to know. Most people don't know what they don't know. Mm, most people don't know what they don't know. All right, man, I could go on forever. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I know. So could I, I'm like thinking of all these additional questions, but we just don't have time for that. Um, but I think the big takeaway from this seg- segment is scripting. You've got it. And I think that's more important today than ever, considering what's going on in the market with compressions and, um, you know, people being conditioned to shop and just ask, what's your rate? You've got to take control of the transaction or you're dead in the water. Absolutely. From mm. start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. So in closing it out here, um, what, what do you, uh, what are you looking at? Uh, I know you mentioned technology a couple of times. I'm wondering, um, are, are you going to diversify your business at all? Um, or are you, you going to stay, you know, placing all bets on agents? Um, no, I'm diversifying my business. I'm, I'm like everyone else, always looking towards avenues using social media, video outlets, um, I'm looking to cast a wider net without having to spend more time doing it. So I do look at some of those funnels and, and, and I'm, I'm currently investigating looking at target marketing through outlets that will allow me to get in front of a wider audience 
Um, and then within that, looking to create efficiencies to get in front of as many people with my directives um, as possible so I can try to generate some leads and some business. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of the focus right now is to generate leads so we can take the power back from agents. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. Everyone likes that idea. It sounds amazing. <laughs> and I think it exists. Um, so that's, that's, I'm, I'm focusing time and effort on that as well. I'm looking at trying to make sure that I can create a, a, a better, uh, I guess, a wider playing field. I always say cast a wider net when you're looking for where you want to get your business. Um, so I'm looking through uh, social media outlets. I'm looking through efficiencies, through technology, through using CRM and video outlets that'll allow me to get in front of these people um, with pre-recorded, preset types of messaging, things that I can use that are effective. And again, just like anything, you find what works and, and repeat it. So right. I'm focusing my strategies on that. Hmm. Uh, but in terms of percentage of time, you're focused on that as compared to um, the bread and butter of real estate agents. Uh, can you assign a number to that? So I can, because I can tell you this. In 2016 and 2017, uh, 68, 69 and 68% of my business came from past clients, whether they referred me out or um, they referred, they bought another home or whatnot. I worked with a very small pool of real estate agents. And again, I mentioned it before, about eight. Uh, some of those were teams. So some of them had like six people on their team, just you know, varying degrees of production. Mm-hmm. Um, but the lion's share of my business came from all my past clients. What I realized this year is that unfortunately people can only buy so many homes. They can only refer you to so many people. Mm-hmm. Those clients will maintain great sources. Maybe five years from now, I'll start to see another uptick from, from that source. But I also realized from paying attention where my business was coming from this year and what was going on in our marketplace that I had to expand that net to get more business from real estate agents, financial advisors, um, as mm-hmm. well, accountants. Um, I started branching out towards who I was asking for business because the people that I had been asking for business had probably given me the lion's share of what they could give at this point in time. So yes, a lot of my focus is going back towards agents because I think it's a great way to do it. Secondarily, I also have come up with a pretty good strategy that I'm using that I think helps me solidify strong relationships with agents that will yield results. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've set my sights on that target and that's what I'm pursuing with the majority of my full force. Yep. Um, but then at the same time, I dedicate time towards developing these other opportunities through technology and through social media. So one last quick question on the agent thing. I'm curious uh, your take on this. Do you agree or feel that in, in terms of if you're wanting to get a quick jumpstart in your business and of purchase money referrals as compared to the other options out there, if done right, agents is the quickest path to that? Yeah. Assuming- Okay. I was just going to clarify about assuming you like, you know, you don't have a huge past client database or whatnot. Um, yeah. If you don't have a database, um, agents are, are going to be your bread and butter for starting out and getting a good reputation, um, proper marketing. And you know what, that's also because I'm only developing my property, my, my marketing strategies through target marketing and social media outlets. Um, there are some guys out there that are far better at that than I am mm-hmm. that don't do any agent targeting and they do all their business through social media platforms and things of that nature. There are different types of business though. You have to keep in mind when you have business that's coming from a certain type of lead, you're going to have to change your script on how you approach that business. Mm-hmm. You were asking me about how I gained the trust. Well, right. all my business is coming from these other sources where I already have a bit of trust established. Right. Go call on Zillow leads all day. You better change your script because those people don't trust you. Yeah. And you have to reestablish, you have to find a better way to come across. So it's understanding your audience and what you're working at. For newer people, get out there, get some agents, get them, get a, get some rapport built. And, uh, you know, because they're your, they're your partners out there. 
you know, start partnering up with them. Yeah. And find out what do you bring value. Right. Get clear on your value prop for sure. 100%. Awesome. Well, look at, I know you're busy. Uh, you've got the stuff to do. And you know, what's funny is uh, I wanted to mention this at the beginning, but I uh, had overlooked it, but it all makes sense now as to why you're so wildly crazy successful is because you're a drummer. This is true. Right? You know, they say a, a band's only as good as their drummer. I think uh, a loan originator is only as good as he is if he's actually a drummer. <laughs> You've got a great story about start, you know, being a professional drummer, the starving artist story. So, uh, you know, I think that helped you uh, build some thick skin, maybe for succeeding as a loan officer. I think so. It yeah. shows you that hard work is a necessary component. Sam, so for, for those who might want to reach out to you just to connect and say hi, what, what do you recommend? Where should they connect with you? They can give me a call, uh, shoot me an email. Um, you can find me through my uh, my Facebook platform as well. I operate under Sharp Solutions. Um, I also, you can, you can message me through a, a training company that I've started called top professional mortgage training, which is to help teach originators how to do exactly what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's a whole nother topic we could talk about another day, mm-hmm. but, uh, outside of that, you know, you can email me at S sharp, S as in Sam, S H A R P at rate.com or shoot me a call at any time at seven, seven, three, two, nine, zero, zero, four, five, five. All right, man. That sounds awesome. We'll put links to that in the show notes. And I just want to want to say thank you for your time for being here, man. Learned a lot. And um, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. You bet. Listeners, uh, once again, thank you for tuning in. If you like today's episode, please let us know. Give us a shout out. A uh, little love there out on the interwebs. little review to the podcast. And uh, as always, appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead and make it a great day. We will see you on the next one. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Marketing Radio. Want more truth in mortgage marketing? Get more free training and resources at MortgageMarketingInstitute.com. Hey guys, what's up real quick. Uh, you've heard about the mortgage marketing pro membership before. And I just want to quickly remind you if that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans, you need to fill your pipeline with purchase business. Let's just face it. Agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news. Our mortgage marketing pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. Done for you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you, everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners, plus done for you proven marketing materials and plug and play content to make promoting your class, getting agents butts and seats, partnering with affiliates real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months. And we'll provide that list upload into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call. We'll have a chat. We'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.